Hello, hello, it's Joy Foster. I'm the founder of Tech Pixies, and I'm here today with Georgie White, the founder of Pineapple White Media, and we're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, we cannot wait to hear more about your story and why Pinterest is important, and I just am really excited and delighted to have you here, so thank you. Uh, thank you, Joy. Really, really pleased to be asked, so thanks ever so much. I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's get started with your story because uh, what I love about your story is you may not have trained at Tech Pixies, but you have um, taken a decision to uh, upskill and change career trajectories. So talk to me about what you were doing before you got into social media. Yeah, so before um, I had quite a varied career. I um, started off like 20 years ago in public relations and sales and marketing and things. And then um, gradually, uh, and actually did a stint of teaching English in Barcelona. Um, and then I um, started working in recruitment um, and I was living down in Portsmouth at the time and I was working in very, fairly generalist recruitment in the NHS, um, nothing very exciting. And I moved up to the Midlands and um, I joined a company uh, who specialised in marketing and creative design recruitment, which I absolutely loved. So I was there for about seven years um, and then I um, had my little boy and um, he came along a little bit earlier than expected. And so I didn't even really have time to sort of have a leaving party or, um, you know, anything. I, I literally left work on a Friday and then I didn't go back. Um, and during that time, I realized um, that I wasn't that keen on the thought of going back and being in recruitment and kind of driving around the country and uh, going to visit people and trying to convince them that they wanted to use me as a, a consultant, a recruitment consultant, which is a fairly thankless task. So um, I decided to be the master of my own destiny and I uh, found out about the Digital Mums course, um, which um, many of my peers have, have done. And um, I trained um, from the kitchen table pretty much and did a six month course and uh, trained to be a social media manager. So um, I did that and it was great. And it was the, you know, the beginning of uh, what's been the last three years and a really flexible kind of um, work pattern that I've had. So uh, that's what I was doing before. So right after you reskilled, which you said took about six months, you then went into social media management and you were doing that for a while. Yeah, I did that for um, the app. I just should straight social media management for all sorts of different clients. There was no particular industry that I went with. Um, and I was working on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and Twitter um, mainly. And then I um, was doing the management and I just thought that perhaps there was more and that I wanted to use some of my other skills and coaching and stuff, which I'd always kind of had in mind. And I always wanted to do workshops. That was one of my big things that I'd had as a, a dream when I started doing the, the course. Um, so I went from um, management and then after about, yeah, about six months to a year, I started doing the one-to-one -one coaching. And I realized I really liked that. Um, and then the workshops picked up and all of a sudden I was doing kind of one workshop a week or and lots of um, sessions. And so it just, it just naturally flowed into that. And I did that for, um, well, I, I suppose about 18 months or so. Um, uh, but I niched down at that point to just concentrate mainly on Instagram um, at the time. I kind of, I just decided, I mean, I love all the platforms for different reasons, but I didn't want to try and be um, a specialist in all of them. So I thought it was better to focus. So um, I did Instagram and then I started um, learning and um, teaching Pinterest. And then uh, gradually, as kind of time has gone on, um, I made the decision that uh, actually Pinterest was probably where where I wanted to focus. Okay, well, let's so, talk yeah. about that because uh, when you know how to use all the networks and you've done the management side of things, 
making a decision to niche down is quite a, a significant decision. How did you come to that conclusion? Who did you work with? Did you make that decision on your own? Yeah, it was a big decision. Um, and it gave me a few sleepless nights because I had by that stage established myself kind of locally um, and quite strongly uh, as an Instagram coach. And um, I was doing really well. So I was thinking, oh my God, why am I gonna kind of cut the hand off that's feeding me? But I had this real kind of um, desire for the, I don't know, the Pinterest thing just really interested me. I was really passionate about it quite early on. And I started to feel that um, actually Pinterest is really undervalued and quite misunderstood in this country. So I think I sort of wanted to go out on a, um, I don't know, not perhaps a trailblaze, but I wanted to just try and teach everyone in the UK what it's about, because obviously everyone in the States has been having such success with it for, for the 10 years it's been going. And um, I could see all these kind of results and, and how brilliant it was working for people and how actually it's a bit of a household name in the States, especially in North America. Um, but we're over here, you know, people just don't get it so well. Um, so I took that decision and um, I had just started working at that time with a business coach. Um, and uh, we talked about it for the first few weeks working together. I kind of told him my plans and stuff and, and we, we made the decision then pretty quickly. So I'd had the decision kind of um, in the January last year and then by the summer I started working with her then I, I very quickly did it basically and I just, um, we kind of made the decision overnight. It was a bit like ripping off the class. We were like, right, okay, well we're definitely gonna do this. So stop. I think that's what business coaches are great at. They're great at kind of really cutting through all the crap and being like, yeah. what is it that you want to do? Yeah. Where is your, where does your passion lie? Because what, what we both probably know from working with business coaches is that they will push you to follow your passions. They will push you to follow um, the thing that feels uh, not the most safe, right? So yeah. Instagram was definitely the safest thing for you to stick with, but it's not what you were passionate about and you could see a gap in the market. So it's just having the, the bravery. I mean, right behind me, we've got the be brave. Uh, yeah. You know, our, our hashtag this year is be brave and sparkle. And it's really about being brave and saying, okay, Instagram, I know really well, I've got paying customers there. I'm going to put that to the side and I'm going to focus on something that no one knows about that I have to do a huge yeah. amount of educating on. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was, it was quite daunting. I mean, I do remember thinking various times, what am I doing? Oh my God. And I was saying to my husband, Oh God, maybe I've made the wrong decision uh, after the first couple of weeks. And then gradually uh, it just started to sort of work and people were interested. Um, I think it's been a different journey uh, for sure. I think um, um, a lot of people don't, don't really understand the platform. So I'm, I'm educating people a lot first, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it was definitely a big decision, but having the business coach just, it really made me focus. It, it made me decide and it, it made me realize that actually I needed to find where the joy was. And I wasn't, I had got to the point where I really wasn't enjoying the Instagram stuff. Um, so I probably wasn't showing up as my best self right at the end. And I knew that I was when it came to the Pinterest stuff because I was so fired up about it and kind of consumed by it. So yeah, it, it was a good decision. Well, let's talk about why you're fired up about Pinterest. Um, I know we're getting a lot of questions about, you know, about Pinterest. Um, you know, one of the first questions people say is, do you teach Pinterest at Tech Pixies? And, you know, we, we are going to teach, uh, teach Pinterest at Tech Pixies. Hopefully we'll get you involved in helping us do that. That would be amazing because you are definitely... Uh, you know your stuff and everyone I know who's gone to one of your workshops or who's talked to you one-on-one -on -one says that you know your stuff. So I would love if we can do some right. collaboration work together, yeah. but we, I want to just, let's, let's educate people about okay. Pinterest and yeah. what's so important about it. Yeah. So Pinterest is completely different than the other platforms. I mean, for the first thing is not really a 
social media platform. And they're, they're very keen for people to know that themselves. Um, so they're actually a search engine. So they're kind of more aligned to Google, really. Um, so they work quite differently. You have quite different journeys when you use them. Um, and I have a few main reasons to talk about, about you know, why I really love it and why I think people should embrace it and um, should be using it. But it works, yeah, I mean, it's a totally different ballgame than Instagram, for example. It's not, it's not a, um, a platform that relies on kind of engagement, um, hacking and, and algorithm hacks. I mean, it has a really great algorithm, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not one of these things you have to worry about and, and sort of stay up at night about and wonder, oh my God, what am I going to post tomorrow? Because you can manage it in a completely different way. Um, it's, uh, I think it's really, I mean, I'm doing this, yeah, you know, kind of trying to bring it to the forefront with a number of other people in this country and trying to tell people what it's about, and what it's not about, um, and, um, and, and educating people. But I think also I, I probably have chosen a good time because, uh, they went public in the spring. So yeah, I think it was April the 18th last year. Um, they sold their shares on the stock exchange and they became a public company. And I suppose now they are having to really um, work harder to, to really succeed because they have now their shareholders to, um, to please. Um, and so we, we're seeing all sorts of amazing things happening within the platform. I mean, the tech capabilities of this, this platform are unbelievable. Um, the visual search capabilities are, are just staggering and they do new things all the time. I mean, for example, only uh, it was the week before last, they launched um, a new tool which was um, to do with augmented reality um, and literally this happened overnight we just we didn't get any notification it just happened they then said we've done this overnight um, and they created this amazing tool where you if you are um, a makeup seller so if you are i don't know clarins or um, chanel whatever it is and you're selling makeup um, they've developed this amazing tool where you can actually try on the color of the lipstick using wow okay so it's amazing. So I think it's only working at the moment in the States because they rolled it out there first. And you, if you're um, a member of, um, if, you're, if you're one of these um, uh, many uh, partners that they've um, partnered with, like Yves Saint Laurent, Chanel, et cetera, you can actually now go in, into the search bar and you can type in lipstick shades and uh, it will come up with a lipstick shades and it will say, try it. And then you tap on to try it and it flips your screen and it puts on the different colors on your lips and then you can go through and then you can literally purchase there from there so that's just one example advertising is also another thing that they're going to be really um going for but advertising works very differently it's a much more uh in terms of um where you're going to put your money uh for advertising on social media um pinterest is a really good one because actually uh when you put money on a pin and you can put a relatively small amount it still will give you organic traffic afterwards so you'll get really good results and then it'll carry on giving you really good results so a guy um, in my mastermind they they're actually uh it's so it's a couple and the wife is the she's just launched a podcast called the not so wimpy entrepreneur which is yeah. a brilliant podcast but yeah. the company that she set up it's a multi-million pound company and it's called the not so wimpy teacher and uh, she uses Pinterest because a lot of teachers use Pinterest. Yeah, they put money behind their pins um, because they have resources that teachers can download. They can pay to yeah. download it or, you know, they've got even free resources as well. But I think, um, you know, she swears by Pinterest um, advertising at the moment because she said it's not saturated. Not a lot of people are yeah. using it. Um, one of the things that frustrates me about Pinterest, I mean, I, I do, I have had a Pinterest account for years and I do use it. Um, and, you know, but what frustrates me is when I find a pin and then you want to go and actually buy the product that you see in the, 
pin and then the, you know, all the links are dead or, you know, that they don't work. So. Yeah. And that's actually, that leads on to a really good point is that um, as much as I think that, that advertising is going to be huge this year and that it's definitely a place for people to be considering perhaps if they're starting their Pinterest journey now, then yeah, probably by the end of this year, you want to be thinking about doing some ads, but what's actually really important first is to get the organic activity sussed first. You know, that's for a number of reasons. Um, one, you want to be able to work out where in the end your money is going to be going. So you're going to work out, you know, what is it, what content is it that resonates with your audience? What's working, what's not working, who are your audience and, you know, what's appealing to them. Um, but also other little things like that, like best practice in terms of optimizing your pins and, and things you should be doing behind the scenes. You know, the main, one of the main aims for Pinterest, and they say this all the time, is that they are all about the experience of their customer, so their pinner. They want to provide the best possible experience they can for that person. Now, if you go and you're searching for something like you've said, and then you end up on a dead link and it leads nowhere, then that's not doing what they mm. want. They don't want that. They want businesses to be really mindful of the fact that they want to provide this amazing experience. So. You know, so for things like that, it would be making sure that you go into the back end of your website and you create redirect links for products that you know are only are going to be around for a certain time or you've only got a certain amount of. And you can do that fairly easily and probably should be anyway. Um, but it, it's just about providing that, that great experience, I suppose, um, and, and providing this um, uh, super useful um, uh, place that people can go for ideas, etc. So let's go back to that initial premise that you said that Pinterest is really a search engine and not yeah. a social media network. I actually had, um, so I did Rachel Hollis's business coaching course last year. Okay. She did two whole things on social media and I was like, oh, what am I gonna learn from this? Because I teach it. But actually that's a terrible attitude to go in with. You can always learn something. And she basically said the point of YouTube and Pinterest is that they are search engines for the visual side of things. You know, whereas Google's a search engine on the text side of things, you've got Pinterest for, you know, images and you've got YouTube for videos. And that actually that is the point is that they are, they are a search engine. Yeah. So you told me that there's three main reasons why Pinterest is really working these days and that's to drive traffic to your website. So where someone yeah. would click on a pin and then they go through to see the website, um, evergreen content. So these legacy pins, the idea is that something can sit up there and, and keep driving content or driving traffic for a long time. And then um, that it is totally different to, uh, to yeah. social media from that perspective. Yeah. So can you expand on those three? Yeah, sure. So Pinterest works in a completely different way. So it's basically a platform for discovery and for, um, uh, for ideas and inspiration and for planning. So people go to Pinterest with a completely different mindset than they go to Instagram. So on Instagram, we go just to check our feed and to see what content somebody's posted that day of the people we're following. Whereas on Pinterest, somebody goes there because they, they usually have some kind of problem or some kind of pain point that they need solving. Um, so whether that's kind of that they need to get a whole week's worth of, um, you know, very quick uh, gluten-free recipe ideas for the week, or actually whether they are planning their wedding or a massive renovation or, or a big six month sabbatical holiday or whatever it is, you know, there's always something that they need to be inspired by. Um, they might have an idea and they want to expand on that idea or they just really might want that initial inspiration. So for example, you know, we, we don't go to Pinterest to, um, to search specifically for a brand product. So 97% of searches are unbranded on this platform, which is massive because it means that everybody has the same chance of succeeding. So if I want a new pair of trainers, um, I don't go and search for Nike white trainers. 
um, I go and search for white trainers because I want to be inspired by all the other brands and, and, and the homegrown brands potentially that I could um, buy from and, and same with all my wardrobe or whatever I'm doing. Um, and it might be that I have a budget and I can't afford Nike trainers. Um, if I want Nike trainers, I'll go to Google and put Nike trainers and see which ones they've just brought out. Um, when I find if you try and do that same exercise on Instagram, you just don't get the results. Like you can type in white trainers on Instagram and you're not going to get the same results you'll get on Pinterest at all. I think what you get is that everything you probably type in using a hashtag white trainers and then it brings you up all the posts that anyone in the world's ever posted with their new white trainers, but you probably can't even see the white trainers. And, and so you don't get a very um, usable uh, search result. Whereas on Pinterest, everything's going to come up that's been put there by creators and businesses you know like whoever we are i'm talking in it from the other side um to showcase what products are there to, to buy um, yeah and and also with instagram you can't link unless you're unless you've got the product set up with the the catalog and and you know there's just no way so even if you did find a picture of white trainers there's no way to click through to actually yeah. buy them exactly. in the way that you could from pinterest exactly so on instagram we have this kind of i always say this in my workshops we work really hard on the holy grail of instagram which is to get to ten thousand followers so that we get that swipe up function in our stories which sends people to our website whereas on pinterest every single pin every Every single picture we put out there already has a URL attached to it, already leads someone back. So it creates this massive amount of web traffic. I mean, it's like um, more web traffic than LinkedIn and YouTube combined comes from Pinterest. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, it, you know, it's just, it just creates massive web traffic. And what actually happens, uh, a lot of companies aren't even on Pinterest. They, they see in their Google Analytics that they're getting traffic from Pinterest. That's because somebody's been on their website and seen some of their content and then pinned it over to Pinterest and then it's gone on Pinterest and then it comes up in the search results. So if that is, if you are that person, if somebody's listening to this and they're seeing traffic coming in from Pinterest, then you definitely want to be using Pinterest. Is that that's one of the surefire, sig surefire signals that you should be using it. Well, that would be my, that was my next question. So who should be on Pinterest? Cause not every business is perfect for Pinterest. Yeah, not every business, but a lot of businesses are. And a lot of businesses that you wouldn't think are. Um, so it's really, I mean, it's amazing for retailers, uh, for sure. Um, it's amazing for uh, coaches, business coaches, success coaches, life coaches, um, nutritional um, businesses, um, any, um, anyone in the wedding industry, it's great for them. Anything that's got a kind of an online element as well. So it creates this huge web traffic and you're sending traffic back to your site. And then in your site, you can do lots of other things. So talk to me, I can, I can see the obvious link between like a retail. So someone's selling t-shirts or they're selling shoes or they're selling bags. I can totally see that. How would it work for a coach versus, you know, with someone who's got a service uh, rather than a product? So, yeah, for someone like me or um, a business coach or someone, my, my service is me. My service is just me. Somebody, I rely on people landing on my website to then look at my services um, and then to send me an email, um, etc. But actually, one of the main reasons that I use Pinterest is to grow my email list. So for coaches, for example, that would be something that I would recommend for them. They might, though, have a number of other items there so first of all we look at the email list so we're putting out content on pinterest which is directing traffic back to the website 
then when someone gets to the website, it's up to you to make sure that you've got things in place like pop-ups and um, perhaps lead magnets, et cetera, that you can uh, um, show and, and they pop up using widgets and plugins, et cetera, where people then put their email address in and then you can speak to them on your email list and nurture them you know, in a relationship to then sell to them potentially further down the line. Um, but actually I meet loads of coaches and things who um, have great templates that they sell. So they might have a template shop and they sell them for $37 or whatever. And, um, you know, and that's a really amazing passive income stream that they've got, which they're selling while they're asleep. People are coming onto their website in whatever country and they're purchasing that and it's going to their inbox. So not only are they growing their email list at that point as well, because they're getting the email address of that person, but they're also making a sale. So Pinterest will create that web traffic to get there to either buy um, templates, um, uh, it might be to download something, it might be just to consume really useful blog content. And actually- Yeah, that, that's interesting because this te the teacher friend of mine, they, it's, I think it, that the, the primary source of traffic is to their resources that they sell. And since there's a lot of teachers on Pinterest, they're always looking yeah. for resources. I mean, that's a huge business on Pinterest. That's people are selling templates of how to's, um, I think it's, is it called TPS? Teachers pay teachers or- no, Oh, TPT, teacher, <laughs> teachers pay yeah. teachers. Yeah, yeah so, no, and that, in my mastermind, I have, there's about three people, they're all in TPT, yeah. so yeah. And they're making like seven figure sums as well yeah well i mean the the friend of i hope i'll get to get interview her as well but she uh she, yeah her business is um two million yeah uh, and she was a teacher who wasn't wasn't making like even 30 grand really and yeah. but she found out that and she has like five children and she wanted to spend time with her children and she you know she she wanted you know they just she didn't want to be working all the time and what she turned out it turns out she was very good at writing teaching teaching mm -hmm. writing and yeah. it wasn't her favorite subject but she had a natural way of teaching that other teachers love and that's literally what she specialized in was how to teach children how to write and she got she when she stopped teaching and she started developing resources it turns out she had a lot of creativity to create these resources that teachers just absolutely love and you know the kind of she she is a little bit of an accidental entrepreneur because she really yeah. wanted to be a teacher <laughs> so i mean and Very i think it's amazing yeah and she's you know she is the exception to the rule there's always those that will go and be unbelievably successful Mm. But what I love about her, she's, her name's Jamie Sears and she's, she's in my mastermind. And what I love about her, she's got this heart of gold and she wants to help every teacher uh, succeed, whether that's as a teacher or as someone who leaves teaching to help teachers. And so that's why she's launched the Not So Wimpy Entrepreneur, because for her, you know, it's about, um, you know, it is about living your best life and it is about, you know, not being afraid of, of, you know, growing into the person that you are and and recognizing what you can give back so and i love that you're doing that too and you're finding your voice in pinterest and you're helping yeah. people get there for and i love that you are seeing pinterest as an opportunity not just for the obvious accounts but also for the ones that might not be so obvious yeah and and you know there's businesses out there um uh that are, you'd never think could work on pinterest but you know, like a financial advisor can do really well on Pinterest because like lots of people have problems with budgets and how to manage their weekly budget, their monthly budget, their business, what should they be planning for? How do they strategize it, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, if you go to Pinterest and you type in these things, then you will find content comes up. 
Um, and really those people are, um, they're just showcasing their, their knowledge and getting people to their website because they're writing blog posts. And if you can write a really good blog post about, you know, helping someone and teaching someone something um, and interest them via the pin to get there, then they're going to become your customer, you know? Um, so it, it can work really, really well. Well, I suppose the, the people it doesn't work so well for is, is the very bricks and mortar businesses. So people who have no real online presence, um, who literally just want footfall on a high street and you know, they're not, they don't have that online aspect or they couldn't develop into that online aspect. Um, but that said, that said, I just ordered yesterday because I'm, I'm thinking very much thinking I'm, I haven't decided yet, but you know, I'm doing the London marathon and cool. Lent is coming up. And so, yeah. and I always do something at Lent, usually rather than take something away, I do a positive change yeah, in my cool. life. Yeah. And then this year I'm, so we watched the game changers, which is a Netflix um, show about plant-based diets. And it was really, really interesting, very convincing. My husband's, he's, he wasn't as convinced as I am, but he has a, he has a whole history of nutrition and everything. But yeah. I thought, well, maybe for Lent, I will try out, you know, a plant-based diet and just yeah. see, because, you know, I've never done it before and it's something that I'm interested in. And the, the show was pretty convincing. And so, you know, what did I do? I went on online. I didn't go to Pinterest, actually. I went to Amazon and I typed in plant-based um, cookbooks but actually one of the ones that came up, which I didn't know anything about was Deliciously Ella. Yeah. And one of the books that she's just created, which I've just got, is coming hopefully today, but it tells the story of her business. And when you say that, it's very interesting because I think the bricks and mortar people who embrace the online side, mm. they may end up finding that they've got an empire they didn't know. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to the founders of Deliciously Ella. <laughs> But um, but with Deliciella, she's she's an author, so it will work for authors. It will work for artists. It will work for authors. Someone launching a book, and if they're selling it via Amazon, then yeah, you could actually do pins that redirect back to Amazon. Uh, yeah. And the same way you could do all your pins linking back to Etsy or not in the high street. It just depends really where you want your traffic to go. Well, um, what was so funny is she was saying she, the company that she's built today was not what she started out as. No. That's not what she, everything that she is doing now, which includes a deli and cookbooks and, you know, the, uh, the online stuff, none of that was, that was never the plan. So it is interesting when someone does embrace the online, mm. what can happen. And so yeah. I think, uh, I think definitely Pinterest is one we do need to embrace in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and clearly we are not yet embracing it. Um, no, not enough. Not enough. So what you're saying is that it's good for many, many businesses. Yeah, many, many businesses. And if anyone is watching this and thinking, is it right for my business? They can ask me and I can say, yeah or no, straight away. I'm very happy to, to cut to the chase and answer their question on that. Um, but it really can work for so many. It's, there's, there's not many businesses it can't work for. Well, and let's talk about the services that you offer because obviously Pinterest is new for a lot of people and they're trying to figure out, do I use it? Do I don't, don't yeah. I use it? So let's talk about what services you do offer and how people find yeah. you. Um, so I suppose my main, my main thing is still my coaching. Um, I love my coaching. Um, I do, I work mostly from home um, now. I, so I do power hours. So that's probably the crux of um, the, my main service. Um, and that's brilliant for me because that means that I can do, which was one of my goals and one of my things I set with my, my business coach, um, was to be able to have this international business and to be able to create that kind of different lifestyle for me and, and potentially, um, you know, that might lead to other things and travel and stuff like that. 
So I work uh, with people online. I do power hours generally online. Just I find out I'm more than an hour online tends to be a little bit too much unless it's broken down. So I do a power hour service and really that can be done in two ways. That's either somebody who's already using Pinterest really well, but they need to troubleshoot and they need to find out if they're doing it right. And we can go through their account and talk about it and I can upskill at that point. Or a lot of people come to me like, I just don't know what to do. Like I know I should be using it, but I don't know what to do. So we do a kind of a succinct power hour of the main best practice points. And we cover those off as much as we can, you know, dependent on where the conversation goes. It might be that we don't get some of them in at the end, but it's all very fluid. People can always book extra hours, et cetera. Um, for more local people, I'm in the Cotswold in, in, um, in the UK. People can come and book me for two hour sessions and we can meet and do it over coffee or lunch or whatever. So that because some people prefer learning like that, um, sitting with me in front of the computer rather than online. Um, and I also have a setup service. So this is for somebody who's, you know, this works quite well for coaches as well, actually, because um, but especially when they are at a point, perhaps when they've got a VA already and they're already at that point where they're outsourcing and they understand they don't want to learn anything new. They're very happy to pass it on to somebody else. Um, so I do a setup service where I we do a strategy call. I then take um, kind of the login details and um, as much imagery as I can. And I go and I, I create pins and I go into Canva and I make them and I look at what they've already got on their website and I pin that over. Um, I create their boards, I optimize everything. Um, and then when I've done a certain amount over, it's generally over a 10 hour period remotely. I then hand it back over to them with a coaching call, um, which is like the power hour. Uh, they get all the best practice tips and then I send them off into the sunset to go and uh, do it themselves and um, uh, I kind of keep an, an eye from afar see what's happening they can ask me questions and see you know as they're going along and then we have a follow-up call at about three months where we go right how's it going what's happened let's look at the stats is it working um, and then we, we kind of power from there and then people can book me um, you know for follow-up sessions so those are the, re the main things oh, I have the workshops as well but they're, they're generally local I'm looking to do something in London at some point but um, generally well I certainly hope you'll consider doing a workshop with us because that yeah. would be amazing we have a wonderful group of women and I think they would really benefit from learning from you yeah so we'll have to talk about that offline <laughs> great I know lots of your tech pixies um uh, oh, they love you. They've oh. met you. They love you. They adore you. They think you're the best. I mean, the reason we're do doing this interview was I had enough messages from people going, "Have you? Can you do an in interview about Pinterest, please?" And oh, you know, that's so nice. Thank and you. And then, of course, you were the one everyone said to interview. So, um, you know, you have a good reputation in the industry, and uh, I'm just so privileged that you took the time out of your day to interview with us and to talk about this and to share My your journey. Pleasure. I'm actually having a day off today, but I was. I was oh no. <laughs> I was sure to do this for you. I hope you've logged out of all of your... Um, well, actually, yeah. So I listened, was listening to your podcast about last week, which is a brilliant podcast about overwhelm and how to manage um, you know, social media overwhelm and about deleting apps. And actually, I have. I've, I've done that. I've done that. Uh, I did that last night. So I deleted my Facebook app. So I'm not looking at anything. And anything I need to, I can just look at on my desktop later and um, so yeah, I think that's the really amazing tip. So if anyone hasn't watched um, the, the podcast last week, they need to do that. Episode 22, five tips and tricks yeah. reducing overwhelm. Yeah, I, in fact, I even posted in the Facebook group for the Tech Pixies. I was like, guys, you are keeping me accountable to this. I'm logging out of Facebook. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I, I still was connected through Facebook pages because we did a Saturday post and it made me think, why am I doing a post on Saturday if I don't want to be working on Saturday? No. I, my own advice. I didn't even take it. So I think, you know, it made me go, I'm not going to post on the weekends because I'm not going to be there to respond. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's you have to follow through. 
yeah, you have to follow through, but you also have to be held accountable. And it's good that, you know, we're in this industry. I think, I think the more, if you're in this industry, if you can encourage other women to shut down, to charge what they're worth, to, you know, not overwork, if we can, if we can all commit to doing that collectively, it's going to make it a much uh, more fun and uh, enduring career to be in. Totally. I totally agree. I think, it's just way too easy to think to say to you yourself or your husband or whoever it is you know but i'm doing this because this is the business that i do you don't understand it's social media i have to be there to be social well you don't because the world's not going to fall down i mean it's very very seldom that something really bad is going to happen even as a social media manager we have to be on your phone all the time and if there is some kind of pr meltdown yeah you've got to respond but generally you know you don't have to Yeah, generally you don't have to. The one story I have where I stick to my guns on this was that I, we, the guys that run uh, Proviz, who I've always been, I've been working for them for years, they decided to do a hundred thousand pound Kickstarter in the middle of August, which Uh knowing what I know now, I probably would have said, don't do that in August. We're all on holiday. But you know, I was naive and young and didn't have the courage. So anyway, we ran this hundred thousand pound Kickstarter and I remember the day that it was closing, I was in America and it was like nine o'clock in the morning when it was closing. And we'd spent just a whole month being on pushing, 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 pushing round the clock on Twitter, round the clock on Facebook, round the clock on Instagram, like everything was all in. And at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm having a pancake breakfast with my family and my mom and I'm like under the table checking, do we hit the target? Do we hit the target? And I'm like, I'm buying two last minute jackets for my best friends in order to like, bump up the last anyway we passed the hundred thousand pound mark exactly on time it was like one hundred thousand pounds and like 349 quid which and of course i had contributed 150 to that last 349 quid and i just remember like my mom was so mad at me and i kept saying like you have no idea this is my my entire life for the last six weeks has been this project and we and we did we hit it we hit it we nailed it we got the hundred thousand that was one of the scariest things I'd ever done. I'd never done crowdfunding before. Well, I'd done, I'd done, no, I'd never done crowdfunding before. And it was after that, that I ran a crowdfunder for, for, for tech fixies. Cause once you do a hundred thousand pound Kickstarter, like nothing else feels hard. But I, I, I just remember that like feeling. And I also remember feeling like, I don't want to do that like every day for the rest of my life either. No, I, I know it's pretty you and you're creating that pressure yourself. It's like going to the loo and looking at your phone and you know, you don't need to, we have a rule in my family. Well, it's a, a rule I've now got used to, but I hated it and really fought against it for a long time. But my husband won't let me use my phone in the car if I'm a passenger. Oh, my husband would we love that rule. Journey, I'm not allowed to even, like, I, if I look at my phone as we're going up the drive on the way to this long journey, he's like, he stops the car and says, I'll wait for you to put it away. Because well, he that's says, a sign of a marriage that's probably going to last. Well, he says it distracts him. It's not worth it. So I have to literally, I can be sitting there like three hours and then go, can we go to the loo? Can we have a loo stop? Um, and then I'm like, getting into the service station. I'm like, oh, but it's actually really good because it's taught me. I hated it at the beginning, but now it's really taught me and I, I prepare ahead for it and I don't worry about it. Instead, I enjoy the journey and I'm present in the journey. Well, um, it's, a, it's something my husband has complained about a lot too. And actually I'm a lot better about it. I'm not great at it, but um, I'm, I may or may not choose to share that role with him. Yeah. <laughs> 
you've got to be prepared for it if you're going to share it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, uh, I, so thank you so much for your time. I, I think that was, that was worth that extra few minutes to chat about that, but I hope you enjoy the rest of your day off thank you. social media free Pinterest free and, um, come back with a uh, fresh, uh, eyes and everything else tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's a, tomorrow's also a day off is my little boy day. So, uh, oh, I won't be back nice. officially till Wednesday, but, um, yeah, but yeah. you know what, this is the thing. I think that, to me, that, that is living your best life. And this morning I was talking about success and I said, success in your own terms. Like when I did a live yeah. on Instagram, because I was going out for a run and I really didn't want to go for the run. Like I really, really, really didn't want to go for the run. But my point was that the people who are successful in life are the ones that take action. They're the ones that run when they don't want to run. They're the ones yeah. that, you know, post when they don't want to post. They're the ones that study when they don't want to study that, you know, they're the ones that give up Netflix when they don't want to give it up. So yeah. you know, people taking action and doing things, that is actually how you move forwards in life. Right. But also success on is different for everyone. And for some people, success is a million bucks, but for yeah. some people it's a day with their son, right? And yeah. that is what's a distraction free day with your son. You know, that's what success is to you. And so if you have achieved that, you should be really proud of yourself because that's something. It took me a long time, but I think it was one of those things we worked on with my coach was that, you know, nothing is too important. And if I use my kind of um, um, big three every day and I, I get those things done on my, my work day. So let's say it would usually be on a Monday, I get those things done. Then I need to trust in the fact that I've done enough. Um, and that actually nothing is too important that it can't wait till I'm back at my desk on Wednesday. And actually the more time I'm with him, the better I am and the better that makes me and creates more time in my head for thoughts and ideas and creativity. Um, and he's going to school in September and I really need to make the most of that. So, you know, that has been a big part um, and I, I really want the rest of this year to continue um, with me being in that place and, and even better. Um, ideally, I can say I'm going to take a week off here and a week off there as well. That, that, yeah. Well, I love the idea of the big three um, because, you know, we do the, I do the big three as well. I do, I did Free to Focus, which is uh, Michael Hyatt's book. And then I have his um, focus, full focus planner. And he's yeah. a big, you know, you need to have your weekly big three and then you need to plan it out. And actually what I find is if I sit down on a Sunday night and I plan my whole week, and I know yeah. I've got my big three every single day to, that feeds into my big three for the week. It, it takes all the stress off because you're like, it really does. Yeah. And you just feel so accomplished and you feel quite proud. Um, and, in, and I suppose in control, I mean, control is a word that I, I've struggled with um, much of my life, but uh, you, you just have that, right. You see those three ticks. Good. Okay. So those are the three things I wanted to do. I've done them. Good. I don't have to worry now. I've got lots more things to do, probably 300 things that I need to do, but I'm going to do them in chunks and, well, on that note, you are on my big three today. Interview uh, Georgie. See, you're Georgie? One, you're the one on my one. There we go. So I'm going to tick that off. You're done. I only have two more well things done. to do today. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope you have a great day and thank enjoy you your so sun tomorrow. Too. And thank you again for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers.